Hi, and welcome to episode 258 of No Crying in Baseball, the Intentionally Abandoned Property episode. My name's Patty, and I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey there. I, I'm super curious about the property. Of course, once again, I didn't look at the episode title until we kicked off, but I'm I'm peaked. My, my curiosity is peaked. Yes. That's where I like it. That's where I like your curiosity. Gosh darn it. Hey, so um, I got boosted. Congrats. I got my second booster, and um, I'm recovering nicely. Um, I actually, I felt pretty good, but I played up to it so I could take yesterday off and spend Saturday on the sofa with nobody giving me crap for just being on the sofa. Oh, well, you know, I got boosted. But really, it was like just... What I remember, like a minor hangover Saturday being like in college decades ago, that's kind of how I felt, but I got away with it by saying, oh, I got boosted. I really shouldn't, no, I I shouldn't get anything done. I should just veg. I think that's fair. And that's, you know, a good public service announcement out there. If anybody wants an excuse to be hungover one morning and not have to go to work, just go out there and get boosted. It's a a good excuse. We endorse it. And also, as a little bit of a warning, because I'm having um, a Queen's Bee's Knees from 10th Ward, which is our favorite local distillery. And I'm having it because we're recording early. We're recording at noon-ish. And um, it's got honey and ginger and lemon, which makes me think of, you know, tea on a Sunday morning, but also gin. And the thing that I'm cautioning you about is the other thing that happened with my booster is I haven't been hungry. So basically, I've had two pieces of toast today. Oh, wow. This will get fun. Yeah, right. so, you know, be, be wary. Me on the be other wary, hand. But boy, is this delicious. <laughs> Here we go. There's my breakfast beer. I am drinking a Heavenly Hells Hellas beer from our friends at Silver Branch Brewery in Silver Spring. And it's very thematic. Well, I don't know. I'm not talking about the Padres today, but I guess I'm drinking to the Padres because it is totally Padres colors. And then our friend of the podcast, Holly, has given us these lovely flying chanclas koozies with, you know, one of one of our favorite logos here that you'll just have to look at the picture that we post on Instagram and see what you think of it. I know we've highlighted this logo before, but I, I can't believe that it has survived as many years as it has. Maybe just everybody has a sense of humor like like me and the middle school boys. Or, or maybe everyone else sees it for what it is mm. and doesn't have a, a filter about how that. to look at things. I don't know, but thank you, Holly. Holly's very good to us, very generous. Yes. And I got to say, the koozie gift, spot on. Yeah. We are all about the koozies, as anybody who has paid any attention to the show or has met us in real life knows. We're all about the koozies. Yeah, and I am getting better at remembering to at least put the koozies in the cargo pants pockets of Mr. Pottymouth when he's ra- around to bring <laughs> to, um, to baseball games because it comes in handy like it did this past week what night was that that we went to the game it's all a blur we went thursday night That's to right. see the o's and houston it was trey mancini's first night mm. back and it was the um gunner henderson welcome to the show t-shirt giveaway which we thought was going to be more exciting but they didn't show his flow on the t-shirt it was i don't know i don't think there's a great resemblance in that picture no. but i appreciate the sentiment i appreciate the sentiment and of course mine will be going to junior potty mouth who Yay. I think will appreciate it a little bit better. It was a fun game, though. Wasn't it fun? It was super fun, but I feel a teeny bit hoodwinked, but I have to take my own. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I have responsibility for that. So when we got there, you reminded me that I had promised that I would actively root for the Orioles when the Red Sox were eliminated and that there was an E out there in the um, on the scoreboard next to the Red Sox. So I was like, all right, I've got to, you know, suck up and come up with my end of the bargain. And I did root actively for the Orioles throughout the game. I think more actively as the Steady Eddie beer 
decreased. <laughs> and, and it was a fun game. And seeing the O's beat Houston was pretty, pretty impressive with Verlander pitching. Like, I did not yeah. see that coming at all. And then the tear-jerking stuff with Trey Mancini, that was really lovely. But what I didn't bother to do was to um, confirm that the Red Sox were actually re- eliminated completely from the wild card. And even as we record, but not as you listen, folks, um, the Red Sox are one game out of wild card elimination. So they will be eliminated very shortly. Right now, they're, they've been suffering by the, by the Yankees at least. Well, I'll talk about more, more, probably too much about that in just a moment. But I did prematurely cheer. That said... I am, I you know, basically at this point, really, really hoping that the Orioles do get that wild card spot. I will be cheering the Guardians and the Astros this week against the Rays. I would like to see the Rays go down. For sure. And I, technically, you did say when there's an E next to the Red Sox and there is an <laughs> E next to the Red Sox. There's also an yeah. E next to the O's right now. But as we mentioned before, that does yeah. not count towards the um, the wild card. Right. But that's and, and Potty Mouth keeps her promises. So, hey, kids out there, <laughs> be like Potty Mouth. When you make a promise, mm-hmm. especially when it's in public and there are witnesses, keep your promise. And you, too, can sing. Thank God I'm a country boy at the top of your lungs. And uh, and that, you know, we'll get to Patreon later. But if you want to hear us singing that, join our Patreon page. <laughs> Woo. Hey, on today's show, we are all about the milestones. We are all about authenticity, even more than usual. We're all about the World Baseball Classic. And we've got our postseason watch for you featuring, you know, the Guardians. Woohoo. All right. But first, we're all about the boyfriends which we tend to be on a regular basis. These are the guys that we have chosen very, very carefully in the offseason because there is something super cool about them on and off the field. And we each choose one guy per team. We don't repeat except for one guy gets held over every year. And then we look back on them and see how they're doing. And, you know, I don't have much to say about any of my current baseball boyfriends, but because we have, like, accumulated so many, there's always somebody to to check back on. Unfortunately, Xander Bogarts is not either one of our baseball boyfriends and cannot be because we did have this block on Red Sox guys from 2018 because we do have some level of morals there. But uh, Aaron Judge was Patty's baseball boyfriend. Was it? I think it was last year. And I think most people know that he's having a pretty good season. So at the time of recording, Aaron Judge is about to tie Roger Maris's record of 61 runs. And he might have by the time you have listened to this, but at this point, it hasn't happened yet, despite the Yankees trouncing the Red Sox for the past three days straight, which, you know, it's bad enough that the Red Sox are at the bottom of the barrel and that they are almost eliminated completely as previously mentioned, but, you know, to get lose three games in a row at Yankee Stadium. So the only there's a couple of consolations here for me as a Red Sox fan. One consolation is if Judge is going to do it, I would rather him not do it against the Red Sox. And and to tell you the truth, and especially like Patty being a good influence on me, Aaron Judge is a very nice guy, a clearly talented baseball player. There is photographic evidence of him being a Red Sox fan in his youth. And so I've got to respect the guy. And breaking records is fun, and that's definitely one of our themes this week, is following these records that are being broken. So I would love to see him get 61. 
I don't know if there's some miracle where he can get up to 70 whatever that Barry Bonds had, but it would be great to see him beat that record, just not against the Red Sox. But here's where I'm not sure if I'm just being a sourpuss or if, I don't know. I, I don't know what the other option is, but I, I don't really want him to get the triple crown. So the triple crown is leading in home runs and batting average and shit. What's the third one? Is it RBI? RBI? Okay. So right now, on the American League side, it is very tight at the top of the batting average. Xander Bogarts, I would love to see him be the spoiler, just because it's been a shitty year for the Red Sox. I really want them to have a lot of convincing evidence to keep Bogarts and to make, you know, pay the man. So I think if he were to get the batting title and spoil Judge, then it would do a lot for the Red Sox in, in their sad year. Or my former boyfriend, Luis Arraez, from the um, from the Twins, is also up there. And the three of them are neck and neck. But note, this is the American League. And there are actually three National League players who are ahead of all three of those guys in batting average. And interestingly, they are all former baseball boyfriends of, yours, of ours. Two of them are yours, number one and number two. Freddie Freeman and Paul Goldschmidt. And Jeff McNeil is number three, which I was pretty um, pretty surprised about. But am I am I being just like a sourpuss by hoping that Judge – like I'm, I'm rooting – I know I have zero power in this, but I'm, I'm really rooting for him not getting the triple crown So right I think that your reasoning is sound in that you want Bogarts to stay a Red Sox. And, and if yeah. that – if he if he wins the, the batting title, then mm-hmm. that's evidence that they should fight harder to keep him. That makes sense. Right. If it was just being a spoiler, I might give you a little bit of shit because <laughs> records are cool. Being the best at everything yeah. is so rare. That it's pretty yeah. cool. It would be fun to see, but I you have you backed it up very well, and so I'm I'm okay, okay with that. I'm okay with that. Well, and the other thing is that I am pro him beating Roger Maris's record. So I think Judge is going to have something to celebrate this year. The question is, how much does he get to? Now, celebrate? interestingly, you know the Roger Maris record is the American League record, right? And as you noted, mm-hmm. the Barry, Barry Bonds has like the seventy, you know, bazillion. Um, the record for all of Major League Baseball. There are a lot of people who are being very vocal right now that that doesn't count because of steroids. And and yeah, and so people are saying, you know, if he beats Roger Maris, he will be the single season home run, you know, record holder because screw Barry Bonds. I the Washington Post had that had that op ed, yeah, about okay, and a lot of it is well, you know, Aaron Judge is quote clean. Um, you know, and, hmm. and yeah, he's a good guy aside from the whole, you know, can't handle the great wall of Baltimore. Other than that, he <laughs> is a decent human being. And I'm going to um, link to yeah. a story we told you months ago about the whole, um, Jay's fan catching, um, Aaron judges home run ball and then handing it to the little kid wearing the judge Jersey. There was a really yeah. cool follow up about that, about uh, everything that went behind that. And has happened since then. And I was in tears for freaking Aaron judge. And that doesn't happen. I mean, baseball, there is crying in baseball. Yeah. And I, I do want to link to that. So he's he's a good dude in a lot of ways, but are it is an apples orange? I mean, like people are are, are saying, mm-hmm. no, it's different. It's different because he's clean. It's different because he's clean. Is it? I don't know. I don't know. I have a really hard time with that because it would it would screw up so many things. Like it's just you can't just say that one record. Then you're going to have to look into every you know what what's the steroid era? Who is involved? We don't know. It's just too many hypotheticals. I kind of feel like whatever a record. It's a maybe record. he'll hit 15 more. You know, in the last week of the season, and then we have to yeah. we have to quibble about <laughs> you it. Never right? Know. Yeah. 
Right. Well, speaking of like pumping it up at the at when you didn't know when it was going to happen, everybody was waiting for the last two home runs of Albert Pujols, right, to hit the big 700. And he did it. And so, you know, footnote, he is a former baseball boyfriend. We did drop him at the beginning of the season because he divorced his wife while she was going through brain cancer treatment. And, you know, we just have to keep putting that out there. I don't know the backstory. I don't know what's happened since. You know, I'm not going to be the best judge on that. But I can say that it doesn't... it just doesn't sit right with us. And I think that's enough for us to be able to say, well, he's not going to be on the baseball boyfriend list. And I kind of feel bad that we can't join in these celebrations of him hitting the 700 club and just basically being the holder of a shit ton of records. So he is now the only Latin born player, Latin American born player in the 700 club. He also leads Latin American born players in a ton of stuff. Not only home runs, but also games played, at-bats, hits, doubles, RBI, and war. He's the number two all-time in runs after A-Rod and number three in rock walks. Not rocks. <laughs> He's not rocking it. So there's a lot of pool hole celebration going on. I'm sad that I can't join it um, wholeheartedly, but it is a record to recognize. It absolutely is. It absolutely yeah. is. Yeah. And then another little bit of a record. Wilson and William Contreras are both past baseball boyfriend picks of mine from now the Cubs and the Atlanta team, both catchers, and they are the first catcher brothers, brothers who are both catchers, to get 20 or more home runs each in a season. So I started thinking, like, how many other brother catchers are out there? And I'm thinking the Molina guys, so they must have never pulled this off. But that would be, maybe that would be something for our friends at Two Strike Noise to look into. How many brother catcher pairs have there been out there? Or even just in Major League Baseball? brothers who have had 20 plus yeah. home run seasons at the same time. Yeah. That's got to be a pretty small number, too. I got to believe. I got to believe. Yeah. Hey, last week we talked about my my uh, Astros boyfriend, Kyle Tucker, on a 30-30 watch, right? 30 home runs, 30 mm. steals, and that he was probably probably going to get the home runs and it was questionable about the steals because he was at um you know he's now at 29 home runs we saw him Ooh, steal close. his 23rd base against the o's in yesterday's game this was hilarious he went he stole second and I'll, i was like yeah i want him to get there i want him to get to 30 because that's cool and it would be really hard there's so few games left and then he went to try to steal third which was clearly oh. overreach it was not a good choice he got thrown out i'm like he did that because he's he wants this record. He wants to be the third. Right. There was no reason. I mean, I don't know if he got this, the steel sign or what, but it was unusual. And he got thrown out by a mile. And I was like, mm, honey, don't don't overreach. Just, just you know, one one base at a time. One base at a time. Um, yeah. So that's my story about Kyle yep. Tucker. But he's, you know, he's 29 home runs. I feel pretty confident about that first 30 in the 30-30. But mm, it's going to be tough. It's going to be close mm-hmm. for the rest of it. Um Adley, because I have to talk about Adley all the time, he had his 32nd double, which tied him with Cal Ripken for the highest number of doubles for an O's rookie ever. And I also saw a new stat that I hadn't seen before. 33 doubles is the record for an O's catcher ever. Javi Lopez, years ago, had 33 doubles in his season for a whole season. Again, Adley started like May 21st. He missed the first wow, six weeks yeah. of the season and he's already at 32. He's also currently in second place in all of Major League Baseball for catchers hitting doubles. Sean Murphy is the only one in front of him with 36. Sean Murphy's played the whole season. Adley has played wow. six fewer weeks and is already at 32. Behind him is at like 25 or 26. So um, um, the the joke on the broadcast is like, up oh, there's the daily double. Um, and I hope <laughs> I hope it continues because it's it's pretty cool. 
It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Kyle Wright. So, you know, we don't pick pitchers as boyfriends, but we do pick a flock of pitchers to be on our fantasy team. And I picked the Hammers this year. And Kyle Wright, one of my picks for the Hammers for my fantasy league, is the first pitcher this season in all of Major League Baseball to get to his 20th win. Um, he got there yesterday, Saturday, versus Philadelphia. And um, we're going to talk a little bit more later about how um, items from games get authenticated. But uh, but Snitker, the manager of, of the Hammers, um, had his personal scorecard authenticated. And he said he wanted to have Wright oh. to sign it to him because he's never been prouder of an accomplishment. And that's because Wright had a super rocky start. He had a super rocky start, and then he, he was the first guy to make it to 20. Um, he's the first... Um, he could be, when the season ends, he could be the first Atlanta pitcher since Tom Glavin in 2000 to lead all of Major League Baseball in wins. I mean, there's there's some games left. There's a couple of guys at wow. 17 wins. It's mathematically possible for somebody to overtake him. It's just not likely. But when he was congratulated, oh, my God, this is why, you know, this. these are the baseball players I love. He said, it's a team stat. It's not just me. There's mm-hmm. offense and defense that contributed to this. It's a team stat. Like, thank you. Thank you. So uh, you go, Kyle yeah. Wright. You go, Kyle Wright. Yeah. 20 is a mighty big number, though. That is really impressive. Hats off to Kyle. So many so Kyles. Many Kyles. Like, we, noticed that, we noticed that at the O's game. They, we, it was a three-Kyle game. It really was. Yeah. Right? All right. So a, a couple of minor reports on some former baseball boyfriends of mine. Joey Votto, just nicest guy in the game. He's still rehabbing his shoulder. He's going to come back next season, but he's been having fun during his rehab, despite his TikToks. Go to Joey Votto's TikToks. But also... He just decided to go out in the stands. This um, It was against the Red Sox this past Wednesday night wearing a Barry Larkin jersey that was actually signed in the numbers. It's like he knows people. <laughs> yeah, like people might not recognize him. And the, the video that we're going to link here shows him not being swarmed, but there's definitely people looking like, is that... And then he would sit down and take selfies and just kind of go around and hang out. Just what a nice guy. That is huge baseball boyfriend points. So I love, I am hugely on the Joey Votto fan club for many reasons. I'm also on the Yadier Molina fan club. Just a, a nice guy, you know, definitely going to be, I think he's Hall of Fame bound. He just this past, what we talked about it last week, that he and Adam Wainwright broke the record for most games as a battery as as two guys pitcher catcher together and so Wainwright had been asked you know lots of press on the two of them to ask to comment on on Yaddy what it's like playing with him and he said and I quote yeah it's great especially when he's playing and not in the dugout scheming for 17 years if Yaddy isn't playing he's going to pour water down my pants <laughs> So just appreciation. So he needs something to do, to right? Adam Molina. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So pouring water down Adam Wainwright's pants seems to be like a common event right. in the Cardinals uh, dugout. So power to you, Yaddy. That sounds like fun. I would like to see some of that on camera. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So with all of this talk about milestones, I wanted to look into a little bit how all the items, the balls, the uniforms, everything gets authenticated so you know that it's real when something happens. I learned that Major League Baseball has a director of authentication, which hmm. I think might be a job I like because it's, I don't know, it's so law enforcement centric. And you know how I feel about <laughs> law enforcement. Anyway, so you've seen games where, oh, this was this debut player. This was their first hit. They're going to, they got that ball back. 
and they say, oh, look, it's, it's getting authenticated. Well, here's what that means. Mm-hmm. So back in the 90s, I mean, they before before the 90s, it was just like, oh, let's write something down about this ball. Yeah, this is the one here. And there was nothing official. It was just so whoever had the nicest handwriting would mark it down, right? Okay. They don't put a little sticker. They do Aren't now. They do now. So oh, now the, there was pre-sticker there days. So in the late '90s, Tony Gwynn, you might have heard of him, was mm. hanging out in the Padres team store, and noticed Tony Gwynn autographed items that he knew personally he did not autograph. Tony Gwynn is responsible for the authentication program that Major League Baseball now, ha- now has. He said, "Um, excuse me, <laughs> these aren't real." They brought in the San Diego office of the FBI. Really? Because the FBI, like the U.S. FBI, not the MLB this, FBI. The real one, because this is fraud. This is wow. fraud. They're selling forgeries, right? So the FBI got involved. They came in this big, big operation called Operation Bullpen. They determined that 50 <laughs> to 75% of autographed items being sold on the market were fakes. They were forged. So in the San Diego alone, in, in that, in part of the investigation, they arrested and then convicted 26 people. Then they broadened the investigation out, and another 36 people, including 13 forgery rings, came down. Because this is a really lucrative business. So in 2001, they started their actual authentication program. And they've got more than 220 authenticators. I thought it was interesting. Like, why are they all either current or former law enforcement? I mean, really? But then they said it's about gathering evidence and watching the chain of custody, which is something huh. that happens in law enforcement. So even though I think I'd be great at this rules job, um, I, I can, you know, I can see. I can see why. So, you know, as a, as a site testing coordinator at my school, I have to do chain of custody documents. Maybe you so could do this. I can, I'm, I'm building up my resume toward this at this Except point. for I know you and I love you and I can say you're easily distracted. <laughs> yes, if you were at so the difference true. between proctoring that a test true. when it's you and the wet whatever kids in the room and being at a right. baseball game, look right. shiny thing. Yeah. I would totally be look shiny thing. So I mean, I'm absolutely kidding things. about me being part of this. So you've seen the authenticators, you know, especially. So there's two each game. They hang out in in the camera wells, like one like next to the dugout for one for each team, right? On a regular game, there's one authenticator for each game. One on the in the like next to the visiting dugout. One next to the home dugout. Um, when there's a special event like an all-star game or, or a playoff game or something, they have more. And when someone is chasing down a milestone, they have a boatload more. So these authenticators are prepped before each game. They're told, okay, it's likely this person or this person this person may be making their debut, so watch for them especially. Or this pitcher, like you know, Kyle Wright, hmm. this if, if he mm-hmm. wins, it's gonna be his twentieth win, or whatever it is, they know to watch for those things like extra especially. So when they authenticate it, they do put that little hologram sticker on there. And the hologram sticker has a number on it that then gets logged in a database so they can track, you know, they have all the information about that ball or cleats or whatever. You can authenticate okay. anything. Like, um, you know, Aaron Judge, after like his 60th, I think, had his cleats, maybe his batting helmet, something authenticated. Because this is a this is a big business, these things can get auctioned off for philanthropic purposes. It's not like, you know, get money yeah. for the player. It's these things are then authentic and have value and can be used for fundraisers. Uh, back with you can authenticate anything. After the Field of Dreams games, they authenticated some corn stalks to use in an auction. And they raised like $10,000 for some local nonprofit in Iowa. 
right? There are a lot of corn stalks. I watched those guys entering. They they walked through a bunch. So of they corn pulled stocks. like ten, and then they you know they were able to oxygen. So Ivy <laughs> from Wrigley Field has been authenticated. So you know, as I mentioned earlier, when Kyle Wright you know had his twentieth win, Brian Snitker wanted his scorecard autographed by you know by Wright and authenticated. Yeah. So like, this is real. This is the absolutely one that can't fake this, right? So. There are additional steps that get taken for milestones. And this has come up as we're, we were watching Pujols and are now watching mm-hmm. Judge trying to break their various records. But this is not, this isn't new this year. Um, last year, when Cabrera was chasing the 500 home run mark, when he hit 499, there were special baseballs used for his at bats that were marked with an M and a serial number. And also it's ultraviolet light, like marking, you know, you can only see under a black wow. light so that when he hit his 500th homer, it could be authenticated. And it wouldn't be like switch. So, you know, the, the authenticators watch the ball as it sails, but you don't always see it. Some, somebody hits the ground and then you don't see it anymore, mm-hmm. like in the stands, right? So you can't always have eyes on it the whole time. So this helps with the authentication process. So this year for judge, and pool holes. For Aaron Judge, they instituted his special authenticated baseballs after he hit home run number 59. For pool hosts, they um they they replaced the baseballs for his at bats with these specially coded baseballs after he hit home run 698. So they each have like two dozen huh. balls that are they have coded stencils. And they've also got a secret marking. They're not doing the black light thing because that's too easy to find. So they're being very secretive. They're being very cagey about what the other marking is. And they say you can only see it with a technology that they're almost saying, don't worry your pretty little head about it. So it's, you know, it's tough technology <laughs> to find. But so there's some secret thing in there in addition to the serial numbers. And so they, they bring the, um, they bring, you know, I don't think they would use the microchip because that would change the weight of the ball. Oh, it's going to fuck up the ball. It's going to fuck up the ball. Yeah. They can't not, they can't do that. So they've got to find a way to market that's not going to change anything about the ball in play mm. right so when they finish their at bat those balls come out then the regular baseballs come back in and they are all regular baseballs except for how they're marked um one of the reasons this is so important is not just hall of fame or whatever is that there's a lot of money involved there a, a, an auction house has predicted the judge's last home run of the season because they assume he's going to break maris's record and then hit a couple more whatever his last right. home run of the season that ball may be worth a million dollars a million dollars. So that's kind of nutty. So along those lines, the fan who who got um, Albert Pujols' 700th Homer mm-hmm. um, kept it so far. He left it. He you know once it was authenticated, he he boogied on out of there. And Pujols was totally cool about it. So, you know, souvenirs are for the fans. I don't have any problem if they want to keep it. If they want to give it back, that's great. But at the end of the day, I don't focus on material stuff. So he's gotten you know props for being cool about it. I don't know how I feel. I mean, yeah. this, you know, this this money could change this person's life, right? So I, I get that. I also get, like, it's not your achievement, right. but this could be life-changing to this person. I don't know who they are or what their circumstances are, so I'm a little bit torn. I mean, the guy who caught Judge's 60th, you know, trade, gave it back to him right away and mm-hmm. got, like, a couple of, you know, autographed baseballs yeah. and, a, and an autographed bat, which is nice. It's nice. You can get good separate. You know, it's. It, I guess the the question too is like, how many balls does Pujols need? <laughs> snicker, snicker. But but because there was the ball when he tied a rod, and there was the ball when he beat a rod, and now there's the ball for seven hundred, and then there's going to be his last ball. So, I can sort of see like, you know, he's going to have baseballs for all sorts of shit all over his house. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I'm, it's a thing. It's a thing. So it's yeah, thing. I I'm glad that he's publicly cool about it. That, that's yeah. that's nice. I would hate for him to say, you know, it's mine. I did it. No, he's, right. he's being cool about it. And, you know, 
things, it could come back. And if it comes back, like they can check it to make sure it's the right one. Um, Mm -hmm. Interestingly, so the part of it is like, well, is it really yours? Because all you did was catch it. You weren't the one who hit it out of the park. There was actually a court decision in 2002 that said once a baseball was hit, once it was hit, it became intentionally abandoned property of Major League Baseball. And and, and, and whoever would fall into possession of it first, whoever obtained the ball first, it would be theirs. So once they hit it, oh, we don't need this ball anymore because we've hit it out of the park. It's not ours anymore. So then it doesn't, according to the courts, it does belong to whoever ends up with it, whether they catch it or whether there's a brawl and they end up with it or whatever it is. Um, whoever, it's possession is, in fact, 100% of the law in this case. Fascinating, okay. huh? Absolutely. Yeah. No, I would love to like be hanging outside of the ballpark and see some stuff sailing over. What would you, um, what would you ask Judge for if you caught his... 60 second home run ball or would you just keep it to sign with the red sox (laughs) (laughs) thank you yeah Yeah. that might work yeah so uh, while we're we're here podcasting and you folks are listening that means you're a podcast listening group i like to um throw suggestions for other podcasts to listen to if you might be in the right demographic so the demographic here would be parents of young children who are completely bilingual English-Spanish. So if that is you, or if you would like to see what that sounds like, check out the Unapparent podcast. That's un-a-parent podcast. And their byline is that it's deeply human stories about the unapparent truths of parenting, balancing parenthood, marriage, social activism, and sustainability. And y'all know that we are very pro-social activism, especially on our podcast where it intersects with baseball. So why am I talking about this? Well, the host of the podcast is Katia Rejero Lindor who uh, bills herself as a social and environmental justice advocate. And I've wanted to talk about her for a while because of her social environmental advocacy, but also she is the wife of one Francisco Lindor, currently of the Mets, and she just seems like a really lovely person. So she has launched her own podcast. So, you know, because of, of our fame and fortune, I would like to th- share some <laughs> of that listening audience with Mrs. Lindor. Um, and also, her second, her first episode, which I admit I didn't listen to, is her solo and in introducing the podcast. But the second episode, her guest is Mariana Vicente, who's a well-known actress and model from Puerto Rico, former Miss Universe Puerto Rico, also the wife of uh, my hero, Kike Hernandez. So the fact that we have these two very sharp, very socially active women, but also incredibly beautiful women. So I think, you know, this is where there's this like a little bit of of dissonance in my head that I'm trying to straighten out that these beautiful women married to baseball players also very sharp, very involved, very much activists and have a lot to say and very fluent in Spanglish. And I'd never heard a conversation so much that is melded English and Spanish. I mean, I'm talking like every other sentence sometimes, and it's fascinating. And they talk about it a little bit during the conversation about how they both just speak like this, that they grew up speaking like this in Puerto Rico, and that they choose kind of the, the language that fits their feeling or, or thought at the moment. So 
if you want to check out what a Spanglish conversation sounds like, I would say check out the Unapparent podcast. And it's just really nice to see, um, you know, the 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 family behind the baseball player that you admire. And and we've been big admirers of both Francisco Lindor and Kike Hernandez, especially for their spirit and their positivity. And it's just nice to know that they also have, you know, lovely people in their family. They're both dads of young kids, great dads with great moms who have parenting issues just like everybody else. And that's a thing, too, is it kind of doesn't matter, you know, in some ways, yeah. I guess you, can, you get the nanny and you can pay for the, the support. But still, like even with fame and fortune, you're still wanting to parent the best you can with your little one and their struggles and kids are kids. And it's great to listen to these women talk about, you know, their frustrations and and things that they have to contemplate with parenting. So you young parents out there, I am not a young parent anymore, but I wish I had been able to listen to this podcast when I was one. Sounds very cool. I wish I was um, fluent in Spanglish because it sounds great. I think I would love this. Um, another great parent out there is um, former boyfriend Buster Posey, who um, one of the reasons he gave for retiring from the Giants was family, right? Mm. Remember, he, start, he ended up being like the little league coach for his kids and, and all of that because he just wants to not miss his kids growing up, right? So, But on Wednesday, um, he became the first former player to join the Giants ownership team and their board of directors. Um, the Athletic called it the most Buster wow. Posey move ever, <laughs> which I liked. <laughs> um, and there's a, a lot of the current players who played with him, were teammates with him, are all for it because of the kind of guy he is and his integrity and how much he cares about the game and cares about the players. Um, they're still trying to figure out what his role would be. And you know, they say definitely is going to bring a unique perspective having actually played the game, but also bringing heart and soul to the ownership team, which I think is pretty cool. So eyes are on you, Buster. Um, good for you for picking a good way to do your second career here. Is he going to bring Buster hugs? He may. I, I don't know if, if hugging is going to be part of, a, of the board of directors meetings or not, but um, I'm not going to rule it out. That would be a nice addition. Well, I hope you're not uh, sick of me getting everybody hyped for the World Baseball Classic because I'm going to keep doing it. I'm so excited it's coming next year. And a big chunk of it, a big chunk of it is happening in Miami. So I am checking my email, even though they told me it's not coming until November to see if we have a chance of getting tickets. But the Marlins did a little bit of a kickoff and their game against the Nationals this past Saturday. They had like a World Baseball Classic Day where they unveiled a big mural that they have. Um, at the ballpark because they're going to be hosting games at all three levels. And they're actually the first ballpark that has done this. I, apparently in, in the past in World Baseball Classic, like the first round is in one place and then the semifinals and then the finals. So you can see first round and semifinal games and final games at the Marlins Stadium if you can get tickets. If you are a Marlins season ticket holder, you are golden. You can start working on that now. If you're not like us, you just send in your name and you kind of hope. And so I'm just waiting for that coming back. Interesting that when they, they did this unveiling was the game against the Nationals. So it was very handy that Nelson Cruz, another wonderful former baseball boyfriend of Patty's for being just such a good guy, he was there, and he's going to be the GM of the Dominican team, you know, being the, the older statesman kind of po folks. So there were lots of photo ops, and they had a Mark Antony tribute band. I'm not quite sure. I think they could have done a little better. But, you know, just the festivity and the celebration of it. 
So this past weekend, we talked about the the one of the last two qualifiers. So there's still a few spots of teams um, that need to get into the World Baseball Classic, and a couple of them were nailed down this past week with the qualifiers in Germany that we were talking about. And I'm just floored at how it came out. Because last week, I think I had just talked about how Spain had trounced the Czech Republic. 21 to 7. But what had impressed me about this game, and go back to last week's episode, I believe I said this, was the the resolve and the bounce back of the Czech team because they were down like 20, 21 to 2 and they like gritted it out and they made it past the mercy rule the first time around. And then it came down to them after that game absolutely bouncing back and winning their next two games. And so what they had to do at that point is face Spain again in order to potentially classify. And I thought, you know, there's no chance there. Spain was definitely predicted to be in the playoffs. They had one of the Marlins prospects, I believe, on Spain. And check it out. The (laughs) Czech Republic beat Spain 3-1. to 3-1. to After losing 21-7, to they had a very normal... 3-1 to game, really on the shoulders of a pitcher named Martin Schneider, who's a fireman and in his his spare time plays baseball in the Czech League. Not a lot. Uh, He was a reliever, and he was supposed to be a reliever and a shortstop. He was supposed to be coming into this whole um, tournament as a reliever, expected to be putting in a few innings. And they get down to this final game, and they called on him to start. He pitched six and a third, one run, one hit. There was so the the hit Damn. was a double, and the run came in on a sacrifice. No walks. Wow. And then luckily there was some Czech relief that came in and cleaned it up. So what happened to the Spanish? They came on strong. They had won both of their first round games, but then they lost barely to Great Britain. They were leading the entire game in the ninth inning. Great Britain tied it up and won in the 10th. And then they had to face the Czech Republic. I keep doing that. Fuck, I'm a kid of the 80s. Sorry. (laughs) They had to face the Czech Republic the next day. And the Czech Republic beat them. So sorry to Spain. But right now, Great Britain and the Czech Republic are both going to the World Baseball Classic for the first time. Great Britain had a huge celebration. I mean, so they had this, like, comeback celebrating game. And after a pretty emotional week for the country in, in losing the Queen and the whole team on the field in part of their post-game celebration saying, God save the King, which is the first time I'd seen like it written out like that. I had talked about this last week that one amazingly impressive stat about the Czech Republic is that they're all actually born in the Czech Republic, almost all. 27 of them born in the Czech Republic, one in the USA. Compared to Great Britain, this is their team. So a lot of this is British territory, right? Three players born in the British Virgin Islands, five in the Bahamas, one in Canada, 12 in the US, and six in the UK. So I talked about last week about how players can qualify for countries, so go back to that for the full explanation. But one of those U.S. players is the Mariners' number one prospect, Harry Ford, number 67 overall. And the reason why he qualified is both of his parents were born in the U.K. 
So that's one of those World Baseball Classic stipulations for how you can play for the team. He most recently played for the Modesto Nuts. Great name. Another kind of flashback that I thought was interesting, we talked about Kieran Lovegrove a couple weeks, I guess it was more than a couple weeks ago, episode 245, we talked about him because he was one of, I believe, three players who have come out as being gay who also had played in professional baseball in one of the leagues, and he had played for the Trash Pandas last year. I saw his name, and Kieran Lovegrove is something that, like, you know, you you remember from somewhere. He pitched for South Africa. He's actually born oh. in South Africa. So he did well. Despite him doing well, South Africa lost. He led up two runs in five innings and left the game while they were uh, tied. And then the bullpen came in and fell apart, and they lost 5-11. to 11. Um, other future, hopefully, who's going to be playing in the World Baseball Classic to look for, Rob Refsnyder, who is the one of the recent highlights of the Red Sox. And I'm calling it right now, if he comes back next year, if the Red Sox can hang on to him, his his contract is over. But there's there's rumors about him wanting to be back and them wanting him back. If he goes back, he is super potential baseball boyfriend status. He has so many qualifications. But he is being wooed by the Korean team. They were actually in New York. The Korean delegation was in New York on Friday and met with Rob Refsnyder to get him to play for them. He was born in Seoul, Korea, but he was adopted as a baby. And he has actually never been to Korea since then. But he qualifies because he was born in Korea. So it'll be interesting if he makes it. In the meanwhile, check our links. The schedule is out. My life goals might be for one of these weekends in March to make it down to Miami. March 11th and 12th is the pool play, like the first round kind of stuff. But it includes, there's like a Dominican-Venezuela game. There's some really cool games. I think that might be easier to get as a non-Marlins, you know, ticket (laughs) holder uh, person than the following, which is Friday, Saturday, the uh, second round single elimination games, or even more, that Sunday is the first semifinal game. Now, I have to work, so I don't think I could even try for the finals on Tuesday, but so some, one of those games, just one. I want a Miami trip. What are the possibilities that one or both of us can become independently wealthy between now and March? Because right. I would like to just take several weeks off. And hang out in, in nice? Miami and watch these games. And um, yeah. I think this would be good. But I I don't think we have enough Patreon subscribers to fund that. And I would feel bad. I, I would feel bad about using the money for that when we say it's not. No, no I, would, I think our Patreon subscribers would endorse that. Come on, everybody. Jump <laughs> on in. Send Patty and Potty Mouth to Miami. That's going to be the new Patreon Yeah, banner, I don't know how right? attractive I, that is to everybody Let else. us know what else you want. We'll put anything on Patreon. Hey, stop. Stop that right now. Sorry. Man, you're okay. out of control. Right. I know you want to go to these games, but geez. Geez. Yeah. Hey, we've got a postseason coming up in, in MLB right now. Um, so mm-hmm. as of today, again, we are recording. Um, the games are just getting started today on Sunday so we're recording a little bit early. So um, the Astros and the Dodgers have clinched their divisions. They're the only ones to have officially clinched. Um, the Yankees, the Mets, and the Hammers have clinched playoff berths. The NL East, Mets, and Atlanta are really close. That seems to be the only like division championship mm. that's actively in play the other ones aren't official because of math but they're looking pretty solid but the nl east is kind of and um milwaukee and baltimore are trying very hard to claw their way into the wild card spots in their respective leagues um i'm a cleveland girl 
I'm thrilled to death that the Guardians right now they've got um, they have, their magic number is one to clinch the um, the American League Central Division going into today. I am so excited. I'm you know a long suffering uh, wow. Cleveland baseball fan. Interesting things about the Guardians this year who I haven't been watching very much. And I can be a little bad about that. Their average age is 26. 26. They are the youngest team in the wild card era, if they, you know, get through this magic number of one, to not only make the postseason, but to win a division. That's freaking amazing. Hmm. 26. 26. Yeah. Um, uh, Tito, uh, Terry Francona, the manager, says they are young, but they don't back down from challenges. He met with my former boyfriend, Jose Ramirez, at the beginning of the season, I think even in spring training, and set him down and said, you know, basically, you're it. You're the one who's going to set the pace for all of these young kids. I'm counting on you to show them how it's done. And um, he said that if you don't do it, I can't ask a bunch of young guys to do uh, it. And yeah. Jose Ramirez has been doing it, and so have all the young guys so they're they're about there and i couldn't be happier you know what i would take the um the the um mental anguish of having to choose between the guardians and the o's any day of the week if it meant they were both in the playoffs that would make me so so very happy um the and i would just appreciate watching it i will cheer (laughs) on whoever you tell me to cheer between those two i will cheer them on i'm excited about the guardians excellent excellent so um the mariners um had been doing fabulously they're now they're hanging on kind of by their teeth to a wild card spot and they have just lost Julio Rodriguez for 10 days oh, for 10 shit. days he's on the IL with a lower back strain Oof. so that's a problem because he's their guy yeah. I mean they're good they're good they're currently in the playoffs but he's the best of the good so that's gonna that they've got to really you know they've got to get past that um also you know he's like the number one pick right now for the um, American League rookie of the year and you wonder if you then miss part of the season does that count against you because the last thing you remember is what the other guy did Right, because you're done. Mm-hmm. Um, you're done for ten days. So I'm not sure what's going to happen there. I clearly want the Mariners Oof. to not win the next couple games because obviously I need the O's in the wild card. But I don't want it like this. I'm not. I am not excited about J. Rod being out. Um, I, I feel bad for him because he's having a hell of a season and he deserves to have a hell of a season because he's earned it. Yeah, I, I'm really wondering how that rubric is going to. This is my my teaching. You brain, said rubric. How that rubric works. <laughs> Works for Rookie of the Year because, I mean, J-Rod, I just keep thinking about All-Star Game, Home Run Derby, and then there's Adley who's been since, like, if he had been in since the beginning of the year, maybe he would have been an All-Star, but... Where does where does that decision making come from? What are the what are the parts there? We're going to find out. We're going to find out over the next couple of weeks for sure. For sure. Unfortunately, the um, the fantasy baseball league is um, has some pretty clear rules, which um, we set, (laughs) which are stupid and are causing us to lose. But that's okay because everybody else is also (laughs) playing by the rules and they are winning, including Bono's boyfriends, who's hanging on to number one. Um, And then Spicy Susie's Hot Mess, number two, leftover still in number three. I zombies for adults in four super depressed A's fan number five Deborah F's team number six Karen's injured team is number seven and then our come still in number eight Patty's commish team just ahead of the kids who are just ahead of defense good offense meh and then Potty Mouth's posse number eleven. Yeah, I'm just in the basement and not paying attention anymore. But I I'm holding you all up on my shoulders, dear. 
dear listeners who play with us. And if you're not playing with us this year, think about it for next year. It's lots of fun, and there's going to be some bizarre cool prize for the winner by the end. We have some ideas. We have some ideas. So, I mean, I don't know if we said what it was, if that would cause anybody who's not currently number one to try harder. Um, But, you know, I'm just saying what I think it's going to be is pretty cool. It's, It's pretty cool. All right. What do you got going on this week? So not a lot baseball-wise, which makes me kind of sad because I feel like, you know, when when the air turns a little bit cooler as it did yesterday and you can see the leaves turning, you know that baseball season in MLB anyway, baseball that I can go to and watch in person, the opportunities are dwindling. So I feel like I need to get something on the calendar, but there's just too much work in the near future. But there is also a new year that I am celebrating starting tonight. So Lashana Tova to anybody celebrating Rosh Hashanah. Gemar Tov, by the time this uh, episode comes out, seeing so it'll be between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And yeah, wishing everybody a sweet and healthy new year. I have nothing this week. I'm going to be working my butt Zero. off this week. My um, mm. my uh, my coworker is going to be out for a few weeks, so I'm taking over the entire department for a week, and I'm um, a little little tense, a little tense. So I'm Ooh. looking forward to getting home and putting my feet up and watching some baseball to chill out. Um, so I'm going to say, friends out there, if you don't have baseball games, if you do have baseball games to go to, get your butt out of out of your your houses yeah. <laughs> and go see baseball before we're done. Before we're done, get that one game in, get that last game in, have a good time with it. Um, if not, please feel free to listen to some back episodes of No Crying in Baseball, especially catching up on boyfriends that we talk about to see how we um, how we profiled them in years past. If you have friends or family that you think would like to um, listen to us talk about baseball, please let them know about us. If you can leave us a rating or review, we appreciate that. Um, I got my second booster. Potty Mouth got her second booster. It's your turn. It's your turn. Second. It's, yeah, is it just, it's just a, a second? second? I, yeah. All right. Yeah. Five, yeah, because that card is, I have, I'm, I have three cards at this yeah. point. Yeah, yep. Get them all. <laughs> so get them all. Get so caught up. Get caught up with your boosters because you know what? Super spreaders are coming. You're going to want to hang out with people all fall. Yeah. You're going to be inside again. So get get that second booster um, and fight the man. It's the right thing to do. Send your game balls to Meredith. Wait, wait, wait. And talk to us on social media. And talk media. to us on social media. Potty Mouth will tell you how to find us. On Twitter, talk to us at NCIB Podcast. Facebook and Instagram is No Crying and B-Ball. And if you want to fund our trip to Miami, oh my God. you can find us on Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash No Crying and B-Ball. And uh, feel free to let us know what we can put on that site that might you know, encourage you to be throwing a few more dollars. We've thrown up. Th- Would you I, stop I saying, saying throw that. up? We put on. We've, we've put on some some pictures and some writing and some singing and whatever we can do to to entertain you. So go to Patreon and and see what we can promise you to throw us just a little bit of money to help us break even on this podcast. And we do appreciate or you. Or go to Miami. One, one and all. One <laughs> and all. I feel a little itchy about that, yet I wouldn't say no. If Potty Mouth said, hey, I turned in the Patreon contributions into airline tickets you want to go, I would probably say yes, because yeah. I, in fact, can be bought. I can, in fact, be bought. <laughs> um, hey, you guys are terrific. We really appreciate all of you. And until next week, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth. Really? You didn't didn't record it looks like a dick? <laughs> no, I mean, come on, that's that's so you. Yeah.
Well, now it's you because it's recorded under your name.